if you've thought about buying investment properties. You know, oh, yeah. we, we get a lot of calls about that. And I think the biggest thing people always maybe don't know or the harder thing to get in is, oh, when I bought my first house or second house, conventional loan, I can do 5 or 10% down. But on conventional loans, you can't do that. And so it's where am I coming up with a 20% down payment? Right, right. You know, again, nerd, nerd Aerosmith here, read an article recently, and it talked about the value of building wealth through real estate. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I'm so thankful that my husband and I bought rental properties because appreciation. No, that's our retirement right. strategy. Create some cash flow. Great opportunity to buy. And let's, I mean, shameless plug number one, we do have a fantastic investment property we do. program. And that's good for our viewers and listeners to know. Welcome to High Trust Professionals, a podcast where we interview top industry and community leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs from across the country. Hear what it takes to build trust, be a respected leader, be productive, and win your day. Sit back and relax as we dive into another episode of High Trust Professionals podcast. Hey guys, welcome to High Trust Professionals Podcast. I am your host, Lynette Aerosmith. And today I have with me my friend, Jeff Williamson, who's actually my cohort here at Belay Bank Mortgage. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks Division of me. First Bank out of St. Louis, we should say. Yeah. Glad to have you. Yes. So kudos to Michael in our office who said, you know what? You and Jeff should just have a casual chat. The market's been so wonky so volatile let's just chat mortgage for a minute sure absolutely yeah. Yeah. so let's tell the audience a little bit about you how long okay. have you been in the business um i started in the end of 2000 well middle of 2001 so 21 coming up on 22 years in business so yeah. i've seen a lot of ups and downs um the good the bad the great years we had 2020 through the last couple of years oh. and then now as we'll get into this as we're talking here what we're seeing yeah. today so. so the good the bad the ugly um lots of ups you know well, yeah. i um got into mortgage oh eight oh nine ish 15 years of real estate prior to that and you know together wow we've seen a lot of different markets yep 100 <laughs> percent. and you know not only to see the different markets but through the 20 years when i started um, and I think every, you know, every work environment has its, you know, pros and cons, just like any industry. And I started in the, in the, in the broker world and did that for five or six years, um, got in the banking world, spent some time doing mortgage in a real estate office, um, and now back with, uh, with First Bank, Belay Bank Mortgage. And so been in a lot of different environments. They all have some advantages, disadvantages that we'll maybe talk about a little bit on this podcast, yeah, but yeah. each one gives you a different perspective to the market and how things work. So. You know, I always tell people at the end of the day, mortgage is mortgage. We buy and sell our money from the same buckets and yep. pools. Exactly. And and not everyone realizes that. So oftentimes, and we're going to get into, so that our listeners and our viewers know, we're going to get into rates a little bit. We're going to get into history. But I, I think that what it comes down to oftentimes is who you choose to work with, right? Yep. Or or who you know, or who recommended, because there are a lot of people that do what we do, and it's about the relationships, for sure. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, and this has been this way for 20 years, yes, to your point, mortgage is mortgage, 
does one lender maybe have a rate and it's lower? Does one lender have maybe this other product that's a little bit better, this or that? But really, as people always talk about, you know, when you are buying a house or an investment property, this is a huge financial decision mm-hmm. for you and your family and whatnot. So it's like the relationship, the trust that the person you're working with is not only going to give you good advice, communicate with you through the process, but then also after the transaction is closed, are they still there to be a resource for you mm-hmm. for questions down the road when things come up? Also there to you know help you alert you when maybe a refinance opportunity or better financing option comes along from the loan you used to get into the house. Exactly. So. You know what? I was watching oh a podcast or a webinar or something the other day, and they were talking about the importance of educating. And in you know when things are so volatile, that's key. Educating, um, making sure that our borrowers, our clients understand the process. Yeah. and are kept up to speed along the way because things are changing so quickly, right? So let's talk about some positives because home equity as an example. Equity in folks' homes are at an all-time high. And so let's talk a little bit about, like, what could we do with that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point, Lynette, because, you know, the, the news media and everything coming out of our industry right now is just talking about how high mortgage rates have have gotten compared to the last 20, 20 years, and we will get into that. But it's like, you and know, and low inventory. And low Rates inventory. Are high, right. low inventory. Yeah, all that. Well, it's just negative, negative, negative. Right. But it's like, that's man, there's barely anything out there in, in the national media or people talking about the home equity that people have really, you know, continued to gain over the last mm-hmm. three or four years. And you can look at different estimates, but it's six to seven percent, I think, locally, year over year. I'm sure a lot of you see, you know, homes in your neighborhood or towns you live in selling at prices you're really surprised. And so so to your point, if you bought a house three, four, five years ago, you know, and had a down payment, what you owe today and that equity position, there's probably a substantial amount of money there for you. It's great to have that equity, but is there anything you could be doing with that money? You know, and you were talking about that. Yeah. We were talking about that. So some people like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do nothing. Do nothing, sit and wait, sit and wait for what? Just to stay where you are, cool, that's right. awesome. Or you could use it, some are like, well, low inventory, if I sell for a great price, then I have to buy something, well, you have a larger down payment. Yeah. So, you know, that that financial outlier, that monthly cash flow isn't going to be as different as you think. Yeah, that's really, you know, people automatically think higher interest rate, higher mortgage payment, which yes, if you're having a similar down payment, that is a 100% true, but people may be in a position today where they traditionally put 10% down, 5% down, but now with their equity position, it's like, wow, I can sell my house and I'll have 25 or 30% to put mm-hmm. down. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the fact that I have to sacrifice and take this rate above 7%, this larger down payment, what is really what is right. really the difference? Right. And so using that, right, next, level next, home. next home, or if you're downsizing, or you know whatever you want to do, but that the extra equity you have can offset that higher interest rate payment with a lower loan amount. I had so. a client this week refer to, we're not downsizing, we're right-sizing. There you go. <laughs> and yeah. I love that, right? So, you know, one more thing on, on equity, and then we'll talk about, well, what do you do with it if you don't want to move? Because there are so many options. You know, you can wait until rates come down, but home values aren't going to stop going up. So I read, so you know, are our values going to go up six, seven, or eight percent a year? Maybe that's going to be tempered to maybe three or five, right? But it's not going to be zero or negative. That's not the market that I'm reading about. Right. We aren't going to be back in oh seven, eight, nine. So you wait until rates come down, but 
prices are still going to go up. And so it's almost a wash. Anyway, just for, for what that's worth, people. Okay, so let's talk about how do I tap into my equity and what might I do with it? Well, several ways to tap into it. I think more more importantly first, what 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 are the needs somebody might have with that home equity? Um, we talked about this yesterday, Lynette, and it is, you know, it's a huge expense in people's lives that continue to go up. If you do have kids that are in college or getting close to those college years, I mean, I know here in Omaha and just down the road in Nebraska, four years just before add-ons and just your general tuition, I think now they're estimating that's close to a hundred thousand dollars. You know, and so I think people do plan and set up the 529s, but at the end of the day, if you've done that for years for your child, have you really saved all that money? Mm-hmm. Probably hard to do for mm-hmm. a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. So are you sitting on $150,000, $200,000 of equity and not to use it all, but sure. access some of that money to offset those college expenses Even for your if kids. it's only 50 or, yeah, you 100%. know, sometimes you'll, you know, let's, to the, to the college, let's make a deal. I'll pay this and you pay that. I'll pay this part you because it is expensive. Right. And, you know, I think it's a misnomer that, and we're not in the student loan business, but, you know, student loans can be cheap for a while. Yes. And then they're not. <laughs> and then, you know, the interest rates go up and then the payments are due. And we see that all the time because we look at people's finances, right? So I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's a great thought process, the college expense. Okay. Um, how about... I'm doing a cash out refinance for a client who is putting a pool in their backyard. They're like, you know what? We're not moving. We don't want to move. We've got three kids and this is going to be where we hang out. And they're using their equity to put in a pool. I thought, excellent. Let me know when it's finished. Yeah, excellent idea. And I think it's the, the home improvements, the pools, you know enjoy life rates will go down and you'll have an opportunity to refinance so why wait versus do the things in life you want to do years go by fast your quick your kids grow up so yes. if, if it's been a family goal to have a pool do that and then we'll figure out a better you know financial plan for your mortgage when when rates soften you know it's that it's also um as we all know with rates going up uh, the government continues to you know push up short-term rates as well and mm-hmm. so if people are out there also with with the credit card debt or any other revolving type debt that is going up so you know we see mortgage rates in the seven range bucket credit card debt range is probably nine to ten percent now so oh, it's higher like higher, higher than that oh, my yeah gosh. so it's like does it make sense to wrap that into a mortgage and then again yes you might have this elevated mortgage rate but again we'll talk about this a little bit later in the conversation there's going to be an opportunity maybe in the next 18 or two months or 18 months to two years to lower that and, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to more reasonable rates. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's just a lot of things people can do with that, that equity in their house. And then I think the other thing you and I t- touched on was if you've thought about buying investment properties, you know, oh, yeah. we, we get a lot of calls about that. And I think the biggest thing people always maybe don't know or the harder thing to get in is, Oh, when I bought my first house or second house, conventional loan, I can do five or 10% down, but on conventional loans, you can't do that. And so it's, where am I coming up with a 20% down payment? Right, right. You know, again, nerd, nerd Aerosmith here, read an article recently, and it talked about the value of building wealth through real estate. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I'm so thankful that my husband and I bought rental properties because appreciation no that's our retirement right. strategy create some cash flow 
great opportunity to buy. And let's, I mean, shameless plug number one, we do have a fantastic investment property we do. program. And that's good for our viewers and listeners to know. You know, there's, there's not one way to do anything. And the way that we do our business is very consultative. So someone might say, well, I don't know if this makes sense. Cool, let's crunch the numbers. You know, maybe you've got some debt sitting out here. And if you did a cash out refinance, then you create cash flow. Yep. You're saving money. You might be paying a little bit more over here, but you're paying less over here. So lots of ways to move those turtle shells around. Yeah. So I guess with the home equity, you know, position, if, if you're out there and you're like, wow, you know, I have seen houses in my neighborhood sell. So you kind of have a general idea of what your house is worth, what you owe. You'd probably be pleasantly surprised today with what you have there. And to your point, it, you may be a person that there's no need to do anything with it. Just sit on it. Everything's content. But yeah. if it's the home improvements, if it's college, if it's other debts, mm -hmm. I think to your point, we're, we're here to help educate you. So it's a, it's a phone call. It's a face-to-face -face meeting. And like, well, what are your ideas? Here's what we have yeah. for money to work with. And what makes sense for your family. Cause it just, again, you know, kind of wrap that up. It's the, the housing market is getting so much negative publicity right now with, with the rates, yeah. with the low inventory, but there is that one bright spot out there is like people's home equity position is, has never been higher. I yep. think, you know, so. I think that's, and you know, the other, you know, sometimes we think, well, if I need equity, I'm just going to go to home equity line of credit. But to your earlier point, those rates are, are, higher as well. So it's not as attractive to do that as it used to be. No. So just side note. And again, we do that analysis, right? So let's kind of transition into dun, dun, dun. interest rates. Ah, <laughs> oh my gosh. So interest rates. So with the with with few exceptions, rates are in the low sevens, I would say, today. Yeah. And, you know, just to timestamp this, we are August 22nd, 2023. So with few exceptions. So what does that mean? So that means that, well, like we talked, it's temporary. So whenever, you know, I, I liken rates to uh, like a heartbeat. Not often is it a peak in a valley. We don't do this and this. Right. It's like a heartbeat. We might go up two ticks maybe down one, <laughs> the market we're in, up three ticks, maybe down one. Yeah. And it's just been this slow. Little, slow uphill roll, right? And, but it's temporary. I mean, if history, if we read history, if we listen to all the economists that we read and we watch and so on and so forth, 18 to 24 months, maybe 36 on the outside, rates are gonna start settling down tapering down. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much that forecasting out there. I saw one last week um, with national associations. It was the National Association of Realtors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the, oh, who was it? MBA um, mm -hmm. came out and both of them were trying to do quarter by quarter through 2024 and into 2025, a slow decline. But when we got to 2025, so really only not even 18 months away, they're, they're showing a prediction of rates close to 5% or lower. And so if you do buy today and it's elevated above 7%, you may have, you know, 14 months to live with that rate. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, life goes by fast. So is that really that long? You know, it goes by so fast. You know, I've always had the philosophy. If it makes sense, it makes sense. So 
if someone can, if someone says, well, I want or I need to move or I'm considering this, if it makes sense for you, then don't worry about the rate because it's temporary. And, and you know, this term has been so overused, but you know what it is. Marry the house, date the rate. Yeah, true. Marry the house, date the rate. So what are some options? So let's talk through, all right, so I need or want to move. I'm going to bite the bullet because I know I'm going to refinance down the line. In fact, you know what I've been doing? I'll say, okay, if we were going to do something today, here's what it would look like. And then for, go down like three years, look at the amortization schedule, see what the balance is and New say, balance, if rates rate. are yeah. even in the high five. So then the borrower, that client can go, okay, I'm going to say that much you know money. what? I can live with that because I know I can do this. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I maybe I won't even be in that house. It's re it's really about as we talked about that having that meeting educate and educating doesn't make sense for you because yes nobody wants to have a seven and a quarter rate make it up but if that monthly payment fits into your budget but not ideal but you can move do the things you want to do in life yeah. and then have that opportunity to lower your payment why not sense. because the years go by fast your kids grow up yeah. as we've talked about and so it's yeah. just like don't put life on pause waiting for for rates to um, come down. I guess so what we are could, some options? Well, we can, yeah. our second shameless plug would be, I think, um, a lot of lenders don't have um, options outside of 30-year fixed loans. We have a whole, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but five or six options for arm arm loans. I call and it a, a suite of portfolio products. There you go. Yeah, yes. That's more professional than whatever I mumbled out. But yes, so that, is, so that is a nice option. So, um, Though the gap between the 30-year fixed and the arm loans is not as big as it used to be in years, and we kind of see that go up and down, like Lynette talked about, like with, with, a, with a heartbeat. But even with that being said today, if you're talking about a 30-year fixed at seven and a quarter, there may be a way for us to get you a six and a half, 6.75% rate that's fixed mm -hmm. for seven years. And so mm -hmm. if you're borrowing four or $500,000, there's a, there's a big monthly savings there. And again, Definitely. with the mindset of, you know, as you know, and that some people are like, oh, what's going to happen at the end of seven years? Well, as we look at forecasts, we're probably not going to have you in this loan even for two or three years. So take advantage of that lower rate now. And when the time comes, we will be here for you and then reach yeah. back out to you and say, now let's get this into a 30-year fixed loan. Or to your point, because now you've paid down some equity, is it a 30-year yeah. or do we do a 20-year fixed? Or, you know, or we, we Right. We have, we have that whole conversation. What yeah. if adjustable rate mortgage rates are down so low that you go, shoot, I'm going to do a 10 year now and I'm Keep going for 10. Yeah. So I, so I don't want to get into the weeds of like how an arm works, but people, it's a conversation to have. Yeah. And, and we absolutely have some amazing, amazing options. So something else I've seen coming through on contracts and it doesn't happen often, but once in a while you'll have um, a seller, yeah. who pays some closing costs that we use to buy down the rate. So I think the adjustable rate mortgage, which is not a dirty word anymore, right? Back in the day, guys, when there was the crash, there were option arms, and we aren't going to get into that. Google it. We don't do those anymore. But we also have uh, buy down options. So again, it depends on the strategy, right? It could be that borrower who's choosing to buy down if they want, if they don't see the refinance down the road, cool. Or you've got money to use, that's the seller contribution yeah. to buy down. And I just had one of those actually um, close last week. 
where a seller paid some costs and we used that to buy down, gosh, it was um, almost a point and a half. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great way to do it as well. And if, you, if you're going through the negotiating process with your realtor and make it up, you're getting to a scenario where you know you're getting close to the end and the seller is like, okay, we're going to accept this price at three fifty. And even Lynette, at that point, if you haven't really talked about seller contributions, it's really easy then for your buyer's agent to go back and say, hey, we know you're going to accept this at three fifty. If we give you three fifty three just to add in $3,000 that seller paid costs so my buyer can buy the rate down. Right. The seller is going to get that three fifty they wanted. So at the end of the day, everybody wins. And the seller the gets their price. Yep. We can use those funds to buy our the buy to buy the rate down. So yeah, there's the arm loans, there's the buy downs. Um, so there's a lot of ways to offset these higher rates yep. right now. And again, as you said, it's temporary. I think it's a way to create affordability. And sometimes it's not even affordability. Sometimes it's just that comfort in where you want your budget to be. Totally it's agree. not always well. How much? Can we qualify you for it? What are you comfortable with? And now how, how best can we get there? So great, great conversation. Anything else before we move on you want to touch on in terms of how to use equity or our current rate environment? No, I think that was, I think we've covered that without getting too, too detailed. So shameless <clears throat> plug number three, Trey. Are we allowed more than three or is that it? I think three is it. That's I think it. three is okay. it. So we live nationwide. <laughs> so one of the things that I love about Belay Bank Mortgage, Division of First Bank in St. Louis, 100-year-old company, by the way, we lend nationwide, which allows us to help sellers too. So, you know, our awesome realtor partners will say, hey, I've got a seller moving too. Fill in the blank. Florida. Wherever. wherever. Yeah, right? We can help them out. Yeah. yeah. So that's nice. And we service. And so talk a little bit about the value of service. I think the value of servicing is huge because... And what does that mean? So when the so a lot of lenders out there, um, everyone, you know, you really goes through Fannie Mae, follows their guidelines to get their the loans approved. They're not having their own portfolio guidelines. But probably, I don't know, what would you say, Lynette? 80, 95%, 80, 90% of the lenders out there sell their loans, not yes. service. Yeah. And so what that means is when the loan closes, that company is turning around to one of uh, the big big banks or big investors and they're selling that loan off. And so at that point, you and your customer, so you've had your closing and really the next thing that happens for your customer is within 30 days, they get a piece in the mail that says, you know, I know you worked with ABC Bank here in Omaha, but now your loan is now owned by company X. XYZ. If you have questions, here's a 1-800 number to call. Really becomes very impersonal at that point for them in that it transaction. Does. And so when I talk to people about servicing the loans, it's always, hey, people focus so much on this transaction. Yes, we'll guide you through that. However, when this is closed and things come up down the road and people may say, well, what could come up? hailstorm at your house and you have questions on that whole process but the insurance company you right. can call us we can help get answers I if it's if it's new construction and there's like okay my taxes are going to adjust we can help with that and then it's also when those refinance opportunities come up our system is set up it alerts us automatically if we have a customer that we can make their situation better so we will automatically reach out to you 
it's also cheaper to refinance when you, when you service the yeah. loan because and the then, escrow and account also they're still working with us. Correct. Yeah. You, you've already worked with us, so, so it just comes right back to it. So yeah, I think I the, think we probably service ninety five. I mean, there are a few little exceptions, but let's just call it ninety five. I think it's over ninety five percent of the loans. So too. Yeah. So, so let's wrap. We're running out of time. We don't want to bore our people to death with our lingo and jargon. So. Some fun questions for my friend, Jeff. Oh, this part I did not know about. So, <laughs> Zinger. so who is the one person you would love to have as a mentor? If you could choose one person to spend time with, whether it's someone who's with us, not with us, uh, famous, not famous, cup of coffee wow. or longer, who would that be? Are they industry related or just a brilliant mind? For those that are just listening, I'm rolling my eyes. It's up to you. <sighs> well, I don't know why I'm even saying this, but it's just um, as we're approaching football season, I'd say Tom Osborne. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for those non-Nebraskans <laughs> listening or watching, Tom Osborne is an icon in Nebraska football. I mean, just in general. So, okay, Google him. But so, that would, but it's more because he's it's, it's his leadership style oh, and things totally. he's learned and leading a team, not really having to do with the sport. So, but you're yeah. right. As a per, I mean, he's just an amazing person, right? An amazing mentor, yeah. An amazing leader. You're right. Just an example. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we watched him, of course, through football. But yeah, that was. I love that. If you question number two, if you could go back to your younger self. What would you say? Younger and you pick. It could be when you were 10, 20, 30. Wow. <laughs> what would you tell yourself? Oh, boy. Uh, boy, that is a tough one. I don't know. Really? So what kind of, I mean, you're a dad. Like, what kind of advice do you give your kids? You know, if you're sitting there and your kiddo is heading off to college, well, I, I, I mean, don't. What do you I, say? I think even like with what we're seeing in the mortgage world today, it's just like just always remember there's going to be ups and downs in life, schools, sports, careers. Yeah. But when you stick with it and do the right thing, good things happen. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And you know what? Um, you have embodied that, and you've embodied it well. So thanks for spending time with us today. <laughs> right, I yes. really appreciate it. My my cohort, who's right down the hall in another office. All right, guys, that is a wrap. Thank you for joining Pipe Trust Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Lynette Arismith. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Go to our website, like, follow, share. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and let's not forget TikTok. See you next time.